Hi there, and welcome to the Praying Christian Women podcast. I'm Jamie Hampton, and today I'm really excited to be here with Raina Rose, who is an Amazon Fire TV host. Her show is called Soul Nutrition, and she's the author of Sin Tastes Good, Nourishing Your Soul in an Empty Calorie World, which I love this. I love this title. I love this topic, and you're going to love this book. So Raina, thank you for joining us today and being willing to share what you're passionate about with women. Thank you so much for having me, Jamie. It's really a pleasure to be here. Well, before we get into your book, which I'm excited to do, we like to ask all of our guests, what's your favorite prayer closet? Where do you like to go to feel close to God? And it doesn't have to be a closet. It could be anywhere <laughs> off the wall. Of course, crazy. of course. Actually, mine is literally the closet. Like, um, <laughs> that's good. I love a it. lot of times I'm, I'll find a good closet wherever I am. Europe is a little harder than America, but um, when I'm in America, there's usually big walk-in closets. So I'll just pull some things out. Um, but and sometimes out in the woods, it just depends. But a lot of times, especially in the winter, literally getting in the closet where it's dark, there's no distractions, you don't hear anything. Um, just be on your face in prayer. It's it's a good place. <laughs> For so long, the garage was my go-to when my kids were littler. And I don't know, it's kind of, I'm almost sad to realize that it's sort of shifted. I don't have that because now I have kids that are, all three of my kids are in school during the day. So I have more autonomy and I have more time to just sit in my prayer chair and, you know, in my kitchen with no distractions or interruptions. But when I had constant kids, that garage, it was dark. And it, there's something mm -hmm. about that sensory Block, yeah, deprivation. You know? mm -hmm. Yeah, because we're so used to just having like being instant access to everyone, including whoever's in our family and in our home. And, you know, so it's just kind of nice to be like in that, okay, it's dark. I'm anonymous right now, except me and God, you know, it's really yes. neat. Yes. I actually used to go to these, um, these float pods that were sensory deprivation and they were specifically like to develop creativity and all kinds of things as, as a musician, like I would get in there and like, and, um, but it also had that effect of being like a prayer closet that, and you're in there for an hour, no matter what, you know, like, so it wasn't even like in the prayer closet. It's like, okay, 15 minutes. I'm good. I'm going to go about my day. I was like, well, I paid for an hour, but I stayed here an hour. And it's like, when we stay that little, even in the closet, I noticed like when you stay that like five minutes longer, that 10 minutes longer, like that's where God really meets you. You know, like he meets you in the 15 as well. But like a lot of times it's those extra minutes that really like God just like, Oh, I'll meet you in those extra minutes. Yeah. Well, so tell me just about that sensory deprivation pod that I've been curious about those. I knew one other person that did it and I didn't get to ask her many questions about it, but was that spiritually, I mean, you said it was kind of the idea of, of like renewing your creativity. Was that kind of what you went into it for? I can't remember the original reason I went into it, but I remember like learning that it really helps creativity for songwriters for different things. And I was like, Neat. all right. Like, and I, there was a membership at one point, they were really trying to get people to start doing this. And so it was like, I think for the price of two, you could go all you wanted for the month or something. And so wow. um, I started just doing it, you know, every couple of days and um, yeah, it's great. I mean, it, you're floating. You just don't want to get in your eyes or your ears the earplugs were like my biggest thing, like not getting salt in my ears, but um, uh, it was great. You know, you just, we don't take that time to relax and restore. You know, I talk a lot about that in my speeches and books and things is that we have to rest and restore. And then we're actually able to do more with our lives. Like we think we can't take this hour. We think we can't take that 30 minutes or even 15 minutes to go be in our closet or whatever it is. Um, I know someone who goes in their car and they sit with the heater and the seat on and they just, that's their prayer closet. You know, like we think we don't have time for these things, but really we don't have time not to. We, those things is what actually clears the brain and makes you more productive for the other hours of your day. And so if we don't take that time, oftentimes we're, you know, when you're like doing a whole bunch of stuff and really nothing got done, mm -hmm. like that often happens when we don't take this time to, you know, commit to God in the morning or even in the afternoon, it doesn't really matter what time it is, but it does help. I think if you do it first thing, cause then the rest of your day is a lot more just with sound mind and clarity. Um, and yeah, the sensory deprivation was great for that. You just came out feeling relaxed, go about your day. Um, cause you know, I think 
in our society of hustle, 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 sometimes we just go about all of our days completely exhausted. You know, like you said, especially if you have children and, and things um, that are beyond even the normal adult responsibilities, you know, um, we're just constantly exhausted and like seeking, like you think about, like we all long for vacations and like to have a life you don't have to vacation for. Like, of course we'll still travel and go on adventures, but like to try to create that space to where you don't feel like you have to vacation from your life all the time. And, and that's not always fully possible, but when we can take those moments with God, like God can really meet us and expand our 15 minutes into like what feels like an hour of downtime. And so I think it's so important to allow God to open up that space because he's beyond time and space and, and refresh and restore us. And then we need to watch our words because I think we glorify busyness. We glorify being tired. We, you know, and so if we're constantly speaking the words of our mouth that, oh, I'm tired, I'm busy, I'm overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. um, We're going to be that whether God is restoring us or not, because the words of our mouth speak life and death. And so, you know, I think we go in there believing God can restore us, believing God can give us that supernatural restoration. Um, And then if we speak it and live it, um, I, I really believe we'll see our lives transform. That is something I have noticed in myself, just that I, it's kind of like false humility. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. when you do the false humility thing, I do that with busyness where I'm like, oh, I'm so busy, you know, yeah. like, oh yeah, I'm busy and it's awful. And, but don't you think I'm really cool? Cause I've got so much stuff going on. Like, I'm so important. <laughs> right? I'm so busy and important. Oh, and <laughs> like- I catch myself doing that and it's not intentional, but like, uh, like I was talking to my co-host Alana about it. She's so good. She's as good as a therapist. She has really good probing questions to ask when we kind of have our, you know, like, our, our weekly talks about the podcast things and how we're doing and checking in. And she just asks, asks really probing questions. And, and one of the questions that she had asked at one point is, are you speaking that busyness into your life? Are you, are you making your mind feel busy? And, and mm-hmm. I kind of came to this conclusion that we can have this idea that we're busy when it's just disorganized thinking, your thoughts are just yes. not ordered and it's in your head. And So I find, unfortunately, that when I get to those days where I'm like, I feel like I have gone about my day spinning my wheels and I've gotten nothing done. I know now to take that time, just like you said, to be with God. And it would be better if I did it preventively, you know, preemptively, like every single morning. But I do realize that then I take that time and say, okay, let me just make that time. I have too much to do not to pray right now and ask God to intervene and and to order my thoughts and, you know, be glorified in this day. And I think too, you know, when we don't, uh, when we glorify busyness and how busy we are, we often put our tasks above people Mm -hmm. um, because we become too busy for lunch with someone. We've come too Mm -hmm. busy for a phone call. We become too busy for whatever it is that would actually be a personal relationship builder. And when we look at Jesus, he was never too busy to stop what he was doing, where he was going and have an encounter with someone. Um, And so I think it's really important that, like you said, we check our thoughts, we allow God to organize them and allow him to prioritize for us that, you know, it's all right if you don't get your task list done, you need to stop for a moment and have this moment with this person because Mm -hmm. the, I really believe people are part of our treasure in heaven, you know, and we need, that's what we're going to have left when we leave this earth is the people we were in relationship with, in community with. Um, in Christ, you know, and so if we're not taking time to invest into our treasure in heaven, we're just investing in our tasks here and how backward of priority is that truly? Oh, that is so good. I, I totally agree. And I see that reflected in my, you know, as you're saying that I'm picturing these times that I'm like too busy to engage with the kids. Cause I'm like cleaning the house, which is like spinning my wheels and trying to, you know, get stuff picked up when if you would just stop at that moment and invest that, I mean, it doesn't take that long to look your kids mm-hmm. in the eye and see what they want to show you. And then you can get back to what you're doing or, yeah. you know, but yeah, I, I do a lot of that. And I think that, yeah, people our people are our treasures and the, the yeah. things that we sow into them are going to last for eternity and the dishes, not so much. So. <laughs> they might stack up for eternity, but They'll stack up for eternity, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Well, in your book, you draw all of these parallels, which I just love between spiritual 
and physical nutrition and, you know, and even exercise, Alana and I, one of our things that we love to talk about is prayer as exercise. And so you, one of my, the resources that you have that I looked at that I really enjoyed was your, it's a YouTube video. It's like an instructional, like on contemplative prayer. Yeah. And it just, there's so many things that you said that really resonated with me, um, including this idea that if your mind wanders while you're just sitting in the presence of God and praying that the act of bringing yourself back is part of that process. It's spiritual exercise and it's, Mm -hmm. you know, building those muscles. So I just, I love a lot of your, um, a lot of your resources and insights. So in general, like how would you kind of sum up in a nutshell, how is feeding our soul, like feeding our bodies? Well, um, we know a lot about physical nutrition these days. We know how to eat organic or some people eat keto or, you know, whatever we, we know about proteins. We know refined sugars are going to do bad things to our bodies in general. Um, you know, we, we know these things yet with our souls, we know somewhat, but we keep doing the refined sugar of the soul. You know, we keep, Mm. um, whether, you know, and I really talk about sin simply means to miss the mark, you know, and we can all say we miss the mark of where we want to be and who we want to be without piling guilt and shame on ourselves about how horrible people we are for missing the mark. Like that's has really nothing to do with sin as a, as a general as like, whether you're horrible, we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. And so, um, you know, if we're going to nourish our bodies with clean foods and, um, lots of water and some exercise, we're going to feel great. We're going to feel light. We're going to feel energetic. Um, and we're, we're just going to be happier people. The same is true with our souls. If we feed our souls, the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, we're going to feel great. We're going to be peaceful. Most of the time we, we all have sad things. We're going to grieve. There's going to be, um, hard times in life. Uh, there's going to be dark nights of the soul. I talk about that a little bit in the book as well, mm-hmm. but in general, we're going to be much more peaceful, loving, joyful people. And the joy of the Lord will truly be our strength. Now, when we, when we engage in what I would call like some of the refined sugars of the spiritual world, um, you know, whether that is lust or greed or gossip or whatever it might be for us. And I don't name the sins a lot in the book because I don't want someone to say, oh, well, I don't struggle with that. I'm fine. <laughs> you know, because we all have our different struggles and it's all the same to God. It's not, um, there's not these levels of if that person struggles with that and think like the uh, Pharisee goes, yes. Oh, thank goodness. I'm not like that tax collector. Right. Who Cause that's with our this. nature. Our nature is, it to, is, say, our is nature. to look for the things that we don't struggle with and be like, huh, I'm good. Yeah. Exactly. And then ignored the one that that's like, you know, right in front of you that. Yeah. Precisely. So I really don't do a lot of naming and shaming of any sins. I really just I, I, and there's a lot of questions in the, in the ends of the sections to say like, what, what are you struggling with? Mm-hmm. What is the place you miss the mark? Um, just like, you know, for me, donuts are not a struggle. Uh, I talk about a whole section of that in the book. Like it, they do not tempt me at all because I just think of like the horrible stomach ache and running to the restroom. <laughs> like it, it is not tempting at all anymore. So do you donut? But for someone else, like Donuts might be their thing. That's like, oh man, I don't want to give up donuts, donuts. Like, um, and they may not need to, they may need to cut back on donuts, who knows? But it's different for everyone. And I think that's important. Like if we look at diet and exercise, that that looks different for everybody. Like different things work for different people. And the most important thing about diet and exercise is whatever you're going to stick with. Mm-hmm. And I think the same is true when we look at how to um, stay on the path with God and and avoid things that cause us to miss the mark and make our souls hurt. Because again, if we ate donuts and pizza and ice cream all the time, we wouldn't be shocked if we're feeling lethargic on the sofa and just like, don't want to get up yet. We do feed our souls with lust and greed and gossip and all these things and wonder why we feel apathetic and depressed and anxious. And I'm not talking clinical. I'm talking when we feel down, depressed, spiritually. Or we feel anxious mm-hmm. and spiritually attacked. And um, sometimes we just get spiritually attacked, but sometimes 
we're causing it. <laughs> you know, sometimes we are engaging in all the things that are making us feel anxious and lethargic and apathetic and depressed. And so um, I think it's important to look at our spiritual nutrition when, especially when we're going through something tough, like, okay, is there an outside circumstance? Is there death in the family? Because th that totally makes sense. This is why I'm feeling depressed <laughs> and, and sad. If there is not, what's going on in my soul? What have I been feeding my soul that right now I'm feeling super anxious, super depressed um, and bring that to God. Cause sometimes it's actually more of like, you're doing the right thing and you're getting a spiritual attack, but sometimes it's just, you're causing your own anxiety. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. The thing that um, one of the, one of the aha moments in your book that I just loved was your frozen yogurt analogy, because it just kind of highlights the way that we sometimes automatically just go to these go-to spiritual, you know, junk food that we think is going to kind of bring us satisfaction or fulfillment that we're just kind of like, is that really even enjoyable? Can you share that story and kind of the insights that you gained from that? Which I'm sorry, you cut out for a minute, which story oh, about, sorry, the frozen yogurt. Oh yes. Frozen yogurt. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Um, so yeah. So one day I'm driving around and uh, frozen yogurt was like my treat of choice. If I did something great at work. I got some frozen yogurt and it really stemmed from um, youth group as a kid. We would all go to frozen yogurt and it had a really good memory attached to going to get frozen yogurt, which equaled a treat. And so one day I'm, I'm driving to get frozen yogurt. I'm like just craving this. I'm so excited. And I, I get my three favorite flavors in the cup and I sit down to eat it. I put it in my mouth and I just feel like this icy chemically taste to the yogurt. And I'm like, wait a second, this is my favorite dessert. Like another bite. Nope. Same thing. Maybe it's the wrong flavor. Nope. <laughs> this is not good anymore. And I had gotten a lot healthier physically, you know, I had been eating more um, clean foods and whatnot. And so now my tastes were more refined and I didn't like my favorite dessert. And I was, and I was actually paying attention to it too. I wasn't just scarfing it down like I once was. And so the attention along with my body actually being healthier, I realized I didn't even like it. I was just participating in something that I was told was a treat. I was uh, conditioned to be a treat and I was putting this sugar in my body for no reason. And um, it's really true spiritually as well. There's so many things, you know, especially that society sells us, you know, Hey, one night stands, sex sells. This is an exciting thing. You know, watch some movies and how they tear each other's clothes off. This is, this is going to be good, you know, but really, uh, besides even just being Christians who know like the value of marriage and things like if you haven't felt rejected by the time they left your bed or, you know, worried about STDs or unplanned pregnancy, there's all kinds of other things that is the reason God has protected this in marriage that, you know, by the time you've actually enjoyed the pleasure, are you already worried about all the consequences, you know? Um, or, you know, I talk about spending. I think God really calls us to be good stewards of our money, you know, and it's like that purchase we get, you know, it gives us a thrill and dopamine to our brain. But if buyer's remorse doesn't set in before the credit card bill shows up, you know, was that hit of dopamine to your brain worth it? Do you have a closet full of clothes with tags on them and a bunch of debt? Like we really have to look at, um, become aware of our habits. So for mine, you know, like eating habits too. become aware, are we just eating mindlessly thinking that this is a treat because we've been told it's a treat? Are we just doing this behavior mindlessly because we've been told this is a treat and it, it's going to feel good for a moment? Um, and until we can stop and ask ourselves, do I really want to do this? Do I really enjoy this? Is it worth it? We're going to keep repeating the same hurtful behaviors. You know, we're going to keep eating the same refined sugars that add pounds and cellulite and, and wonder why and, and lethargy, you know, like uh, sugar high is a very good example because it's like you get that sugar high, but then you're lethargic, you know, 20 minutes later. Um, the same is true with our sins. You know, it's like, Sin always tastes good that second, but how long before it really hurts? Um, and again, it's, it's not a guilt and shame like, oh, you're so bad. You did that. It's, this is bad for you. And so if you want to make a better decision for you, like God set these boundaries, not to hinder you, but to free you from 
remember you're getting like a second or maybe a whole hour of pleasure for how many days or months of pain associated with that momentary pleasure. And so again, is it worth it to you? You decide, you pray about it, you, you know, but we really just have to stop and realize like, is this leading towards the life I want? And I, I find that especially with so many young people these days, you know, it's like many of us in this society, even though culture says like, we want to be independent women, we don't want, need a man, all this stuff, right? Like that's what culture tells us. But truly we, a lot of us crave to be married, have a home, children, all these things. And so we have to say, okay, are my spending habits, are my dating habits, are all these habits I'm creating leading to what I want? Because if they're not, I need to repent, which is turn 180 degrees. I need to make a new choice and start creating habits that my spending habits are leading towards having a home. My dating habits are leading towards having a marriage and not just a slew of boyfriends, right? And so... Um, and that might even be take a dating hiatus and, and evaluate that because we're not taught in most, even in Christian homes, how to have healthy dating relationships that lead to marriage so that we don't create all these memories with someone that we don't marry. You know, that's really hard. It becomes, even if you don't sleep with the person, like you, you create two years of memories and then things just end. So we, we have to be really intentional about everything we do or it hurts us and it hurts others. And so that's, that's the whole bottom line of the, the uh, yogurt was, I became intentional for the first time eating it and realized it wasn't even what I wanted. Hey there, it's Jamie. I'm just going to pop in and interrupt the conversation for a quick minute to share about a new sponsor of our podcast, the Abide Christian Meditation app. If you find yourself dealing with stress and anxiety throughout your day, or if you've tried to make time to be still and to pray and you just can't seem to make it happen, we know someone who can help. The Abide Christian Meditation app is a perfect tool to help you incorporate prayer and biblically-based meditation into your day. For a limited time, our listeners will get 25% off a premium subscription when you visit abide.co slash praying. Abide meditations start at just two minutes long, and come on, who can't spare two minutes? You know, Alana and I are huge proponents of incorporating quick one to two minute prayers that feel doable into your prayer life. So get started now with 25% off a premium subscription by downloading the Abide app at abide.co slash praying. You'll get additional stories and meditations, premium music, soothing sounds, and more. Abide is the number one Christian meditation app. Abide users report less stress, lower levels of anxiety and depression, and better sleep. So support the show and get 25% off by going to abide.co slash praying. That's A-B-I-D-E dot C-O slash praying to download the Abide app and get 25% off today. I know you're going to love it. Well, Raina, how you talked about refining our taste in the spiritual sense. How do we go about doing that? Cause I've experienced that with food also. Like if I've been on like eating more healthy and then I end up, you know, eating something that's sugary and I'm like, why is there so much sugar in this thing? That's right. not even supposed to have that much sugar in it. Like even like sauces, spaghetti sauce, things like that. I'm like, yes, you know, and you start to realize you just, or salt, you know, I love salt, but when I kind of get rid of the salt in my diet, you start to notice how like almost unpleasurably salty things can be. So how do we do that spiritually? How do we like refine that taste? You know, I think of taste and see that the Lord is good. Like when we taste yes, what he yes. has to offer, it makes the other stuff kind of pale in comparison. So what are some helpful tips for how we can do that? Absolutely. Just like you said, I mean, taste and see um, the Lord. It's the same with food, right? Like, as we start to get used to like actually tasting our vegetables, actually tasting mm. the fruits and meats and, and not pouring sauces all over them and sugars and whatnot. Then when we go back to those things, they often actually taste horrible. Um, and so the same is true in the spiritual world. Like we need to be in our word. I, I tell, it's funny. I teach um, a business class to orphans in Russia <laughs> and they'll tell you there's two things I tell them over and over again in this business class. And it's read Proverbs and learn English. <laughs> 
-hmm. And so uh, really, truly reading a proverb a day, it keeps the sin away, I guess, you know, um, not completely, but you know, like as we, as we, as we fill ourselves with the word of God, I actually heard somebody describe it the other day, um, as when you get on the subway in New York, or I've, I've experienced this in Tokyo, you actually, it's so packed. You have to like back into it and let the doors close on you because the, the, um, subway is so completely packed. And, um, we need to be the same with filling ourselves with the word of God, filling ourselves with people of God, being in his word, being in the spirit, going to worship with collectively worshiping on our own, being that our soul is just as packed as that subway that you can, you have to like back into and let the doors close so that when fear, doubt, sin, all these things want to come in and you're like, there's no room. You can't get in here because it's so filled with the Holy spirit is so filled with the word of God that, you know, doubt you you can't even fit sorry the doors are closing and so we have to do that with God you know and sometimes I think in, in my own walk it's gone up and down and up and down and, you know you can see times when you're like you know I don't like I also think we need to I think sometimes Christians take the in the world and not of the world and they forget to be in it like we need to have non-Christian people that we're ministering to and, and inviting into these groups but the people who we are like in deep community with, we really need to be in a lot of groups that are focused on the spirit of God, who are encouraging us and lifting us up and edifying us as the Bible talks about edifying one another in the Lord. Um, we need to be going to worship. Um, we need to be filling ourselves with the word so much so that that doubt and fear can't get in because it doesn't belong in our souls. It's just when there's empty space, you know, um, there's the Bible talks about, you know, one spirit leaves and brings back seven, just as bad. We've got to fill that space uh-huh. with the Holy spirit. It can't be empty and just waiting for a, a space for all the attacks of the enemy to come in and prayer, lots of prayer, like cover yourself in prayer, cover your kids in prayer, cover your whole family in prayer. Because, you know, that if you're going and doing amazing things for God, you're, you're going to have attacks too. You know, he's going to attack your mind going to try to get you to like, Oh, remember that thing in the past? That was so much better. Don't you wish you were there? You know, like all these things that like are so common, but they're really attacks of the enemy. Like we, we just want to think, Oh, I'm being this way, but oftentimes, no, I'm not actually that way. The enemy wants me to start living in the past. He wants me to start, you know, forgetting that God has so much in store for me in the future. And now, um, and take my eyes off of the new thing he is doing and, and make me look back. So we really have to fill our minds, protect our minds, protect our spirit, fill our spirit with God, um, that there is absolutely no room for anything else. So I love that subway analogy, just kind of have that picture in your mind of just, you know, there's just so much good in there. There's no room for the other Mm -hmm. because, you know, if you take that to the, the food analogy, when your stomach is empty, you're hungry and and whatever's closest. So we got to be intentional about like eating those good things, consuming those good things. Um, you, so you talked a little bit about how the kind of the company that we keep can impact our soul. And I'm just wondering, there's kind of this balance. Cause you know, like you said, we need to be having people around that need Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and so how do we recognize, um, cause the, you know, unhealthy or even toxic influences. I know even within the church, there can be, and mm-hmm. in our own families, we can have toxic yeah or unhealthy influences. But then you've got this other side of the coin where we've got this like cancel culture that I think is just overdone where it's like, let's just kick this person out of our lives because they are annoying, you know, and that's (laughs) not Jesus, you know, Jesus addressed, you know, that, I mean, we know that, that interacting with people is going to be hard because nobody's perfect. Um, so I don't know. I just wonder some of your insights on that. I know there's a time to part ways. I know there's a time to agree to disagree and to coexist. And there's a time when you do need to separate. So what do you, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. You know, I think again, filling yourself up with so many life-giving relationships is so important, you know, um, in our family, it's, it's hard, you know, it's, um, not everyone's going to be like totally life-giving and, and there's not a lot of choice there. There can be boundaries within family. And I think that that's important to know that. Um, but like you said, just cutting people off and cancel culture training, um, is usually not an option with our family and usually not the healthy thing to do. Um, 
sometimes it is, depends on the family. But, um, you know, I think having mentors in our life is important. You know, someone that we can talk to about this because we are not always the best judge of who's supposed to be in our life and who's not. Um, but you know, when we can point, that's such a good point. (laughs) Yeah. We, you know, um, I think about certain relationships I've had, you know, where I'm making excuses for the people where I'm like, Oh, you know, but they're such a good person. And I really want to, you know, and I'll have a mentor be like, but that's not where you need to be. Mm. And you know, it, you know, and they call me out on it and it's like, but they're, and I want to make all, because for me, I just want to make everybody happy and and have everyone in my world all the time, you know? Um, but that's not always the thing God's calling me to do. And it's not always. And so I think it's really important to have mentors, to have peers and, and people that you mentor, because as you're starting to tell other women, like, this is the healthy thing for your life. You, you have to look at your own too. And be like, am I doing that in mine? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the things I, I tell the girls I mentor you know, is to sing the, um, victories of God over their life, all the times that God has come through for them, just like the Israelites that sing about, you know, God opening the parting the Red Sea and giving them manna from heaven and water from a rock. Like we need to find those things in our life that are the water from a rock and the manna from heaven. And we need to talk and sing about them all the time because it reminds us the character of God. And so I think it's really important that we have mentors, peers, people we mentor so that it's, you know, a multitude of counselors, the battles are won. And so then we can talk to people in confidence where you're not just going out gossiping to everybody, but you're talking to some specific people like, okay, here is the person in my life that is maybe a little bit questionable how I should have a relationship with them. Give me some insight. And you can talk to a few people that are mentors about that, that, you know, you've specifically set out as mentors. And I find anyone who I've ever asked to be a mentor has been so flattered, like, my gosh, you want me to mentor you, you know, and I just love their faith usually and and what they're doing in life. Um, And so I think that and prayer, you know, God's our ultimate mentor. I like to prayer journal so that I can look back and see how God has answered. Um, You know, so yeah, asking God, looking at the word and having a multitude of wise counselors for managing our relationships. Because again, especially if we have the world's filter of just like, oh, this is a good person or everybody complains or whatever it could be that we make excuses for people. Um, And again, they could also say like, of course, never cut that person off, but maybe you don't hang out with them every single week. Yeah, no, that's those, that's great advice. Those, those things, like when you have that structure in place, it, it gives you, it's, you're not just out there on your own making decisions that are based on emotions or, yeah. you know, kind of flying blind. You've got that, that support. And I think the importance, like you said, is finding that godly counsel. Like we all know the difference between the people who are going to tell us what we want to hear or people that are going to encourage poor behavior because they like to gossip or they like to make people feel better, or, you know, they like to make themselves feel better by, talking down about others, you know, obviously those are not the, the godly counsel that you want, but you know, the people that will speak the truth in love to you, even when it's hard and even when it disagrees, Mm -hmm. which brings me to this really interesting concept that you talk about in the book called mind sparring. And I just feel like in this day and age, when there is so much, um, conflict, there's so many differing opinions out there. I just love this idea of, utilizing this in a friendship. And so can you just talk about what that is? What, what does that look like in your interactions with people? Sure. So, I mean, for me, this is not something I do with everyone right. by any stretch. <laughs> um, this is someone who really loves God, really um, studies their word, you know, and has a different opinion than me. And so, but you um, seek them out because for this kind of conversation, because they have a different opinion. Is that right? I mean, it's something or you that just, just kind of happens. It just happens, and, okay. And it becomes like a joy that we actually have a very different opinion and that mm-hmm. we can spar back and forth. Um, you know, for me, I, the person I referenced in the book was like a very fundamentalist Christian with the five-point Calvinist view of Christianity, you know, and I'm like pretty opposite. I'm like, I'm a one-point Jesusist, you know? <laughs> like I, 
I don't know about all these other five, you know, but we were able to go back and forth and back and forth and just really like learn from each other and, Mm -hmm. and see that other perspective without being upset with each other in any form or fashion. And we didn't even have to agree at the end either. Um, I'm sure we both kind of pulled new insights, um, but it was just a really friendly debate almost discussion and that same person um, I'll have those discussions with often and there's a few people I can have that with um, without it being like you're having to prove your point to the I think that's what we get in our culture is like you have to come to my point of view and that's why we're having this conversation where that's not what my inspiring is about my inspiring is about the point of this conversation is not to win you to my point of view or for me to go to yours it's just to listen to yours and you listen to mine and we make some points back and forth and then we can go look in our Bibles and research it some more and keep studying so that we, because ultimately we're seeking truth. Now, I, I really believe, you know, Jesus says those who seek will find. And so people who are seeking truth never worry me. It doesn't matter if they're going into some weird new age Buddhism, it doesn't matter if they're seeking truth. I know they will find Jesus. Yeah. Now, if they're seeking to affirm their own beliefs, Oof, yeah, they'll find that too. Yeah, but they're not going to oh, necessarily such a find good point. Yeah, wow. they will find it. Whatever they seek, they will find. Um, yeah. And so that's where mind sparring. It's not about seeking to affirm my own beliefs. It's seeking deeper truth and learning from each other. Tell me why you you think that's truth, and I'll tell you why I think this is truth. And then let's go back into our Bibles. Let's go into our prayer closets and seek the face of God on truth. And one of my mentors. Um, she always says like whenever her and her husband uh, don't agree on something, they'll seek the Holy Spirit until they do because the Holy Spirit doesn't disagree with himself. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, I think it's really important that we're seeking truth and not to affirm our own beliefs, no matter what those, how fast we've held to them or for how long. That is so important. And I mean, I just, like I said, I don't think it's ever been more important than now in the body of Christ right now as a church. I mean, I, I have never felt or seen so much division Mm -hmm. in the body of Christ as I feel like I've seen in the last maybe two to three years. It just seems like lots of things have come to a head and I think social media amplifies it because when you see someone two-dimensionally just on a screen, you don't even see them. You see their words And your response can be so anonymous. And even if it's not anonymous, the response is to that idea. It's not Mm -hmm. to that person. Whereas when you're sitting with someone, you're seeing them face to face. There's just this degree of uh, humanity and commonality. And I mean, it's just, it's so important. How do I think we don't um, just to add to that really quick. I think we don't ask questions. Mm. Um, We make a lot of statements and, and we try to win people over to our side. Mm-hmm. But truly, um, the statement you're wrong or telling you you're wrong almost never brings somebody away from that wrong we feel they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, really, the way to win someone to our side, if that's the goal, which it's not, um, but and even just the way to seek understanding with each other is ask a lot of questions, whether that's in person or online. Ask, tell me where you find that in the Bible or how did you come to that? where are you referencing this from? And not in a, um, where are you referencing that from? But like, you know, really find out like, okay, I want to see why you think this is true. Um, Not to prove you wrong, but like, I want to know your perspective because I want to know you. Um, And if we don't want to know that person, we should not be in relationship at all. Um, Not, we should not be trying to convert them or or switch them. If we don't want to know that person for who they are, we shouldn't be in a conversation to begin with. Yeah. So I imagine you have to know the person before engaging in something like this to know if they're a person that you can feel safe doing this with. Is that right? Not necessarily. I think, okay. you know, it could be somebody I, I just met, but I really want to know who they are and they can have mm-hmm. a very different opinion um, and a very different worldview. And I can learn about that worldview and by asking questions about it, if there are holes in that worldview, the questions are going to reveal the holes. Mm. Oh, um, that's good. And if they have any interest in what I have to say, 
they're going to ask questions. If they don't, me making statements isn't going to help anyway. Right. Yeah. So have you ever been in a situation where you've started this line of mind sparring and just asking questions where you've been met with hostility to the point where you had to just say, okay, this is, we got to agree to disagree, or even that you got to a point where emotionally you just realized you couldn't continue. Has that ever happened on either end? Um, I kind of sense when people are not going to be, and I'll ask my questions, but not in the same way I would with a mind sparring person, like a mind sparring, it will be questions and statements and, you know, versus, and like, what about this? And what about that? You know, Mm -hmm. but with someone, um, like for instance, I've traveled the world a lot in my life, (laughs) but I've lived on four continents. I've been all over the place. Right. And I've been to many different churches and, and sometimes I'll go to a church and it's like, you know, our mission statement is the only way to heaven, you know, the only way to know Christ and the church across the street's mission statement is obviously going to hell, you know, like there's kind of this like very, um, this is the only way to Jesus, you know, and I'll ask a few questions and get very canned answers that are, um, you know, like a very repeated phrase or statement and not an actual heart um, response of what they feel about this or how they think about this. And, um, I'll just kind of let it go and, and ask them in maybe a line of questions that they're going to just be more comfortable with, because I, I do want to know the person, the human, um, and this isn't the time to put holes in their theology by any stretch. It's more just like, tell me about yourself. Tell me about your church. Tell me about your life. That's wonderful. And, you know, here's the thing. It is wonderful. Any step towards Christ, any step towards um, knowing God is wonderful. Um, Do I think that when people get very defensive of their church mission statements and like the the only way to meet Jesus, it can be uh, detrimental to the body of Christ? Yes, I do. But it doesn't mean I'm not going to really value getting to know that person who really feels they're doing the best thing to get people to know Jesus. Um, I found that people who I find turn away a lot of Christians are still really trying to let people know about Christ. And so um, I want to love that person and get to know that person. And if God uses me in any way to help them soften a little bit and actually be an invitation to Christ rather than um, sometimes a a bad ambassador of what Christ is like, um, then great. And if not, I still got to love that person. That is so good. And I just, you know, that's something that I, I definitely want to, I tend to be very non-confrontational to the point where even like, I don't like to agree with anyone's opinion. Uh, My, my husband is the exception. He always jokes that like, I don't, you know, like everyone else gets the nice Jamie, but he (laughs) he gets the real deal. But what happens is I disagree in my head and then I just kind of sit and stew and I'll listen to people say things and I'm like, mm, yeah. And then I, I just, I keep it inside. Whereas loving that person well, and being a member of the body of Christ really is. And I'm, I'm thinking in terms of the church with a capital C, but it goes yeah. to being a light in the world is being able to engage in conversation. And I think we've forgotten how to do that because we have this idea you know, it's the sin taste good part is on one side, we think loving people means agreeing with them all the time and smiling, right. And putting a mask on. And that's not, that's sin. Sin is being disingenuous and, and, and deceitful, which it really can be when you hide behind a mask of a smile, when on the inside, you're not smiling or even go back and talk to someone else about what you encountered. And then on the other end, I think the sin that tastes good is feeling like you've proven a point or like you said, won someone to your side or worse yet, mm. uh, you know, just you get that zinger in on social media <sighs> where you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to really make this person look stupid. And there's mm. this like, uh, I don't know. I think there's there, it tastes good for a short amount of time to feel like you've won an argument and that's mm-hmm. not good either because it's like you said, there's this engagement by loving someone and genuinely wanting, genuinely wanting to draw out who they are and what they think. And in that realm, like, I feel like there's so much, like, that's where we have to be. That's where we have to be as the body of Christ right now. And it's, it's hard because you've got people that 
hate confrontation and people that love it. And neither way is going to accomplish what needs to be done right now. And I think, you know, the question to ask yourself that I, I'm actually more of the don't like confrontation too. You know, I can do the mind sparring because I know we're actually not having confrontation, you know, like that. Um, I'm more like, if there's actual confrontation, I I joked in one of my sermons, like I take the ostrich approach and just stick my head in the sand. Like I'm not, you know, if they can't see me, I can't, you know, if I can't see them, they can't see me. Like I, I don't like confrontation either, but I think, um, the question to ask ourselves in any situation, but particularly this as well is, is what I'm doing, whether that's saying nothing or getting the jabs in is what I'm doing, loving this person. Hmm. That's the question. No, no matter what it is, actually, whether it's an yeah. argument, whether it's um, deciding to do something or not do something for someone, is what I'm doing or about to do loving this person. Um, and that question is going to change because, you know, like um, sometimes doing something for someone is enabling them and sometimes doing for some, something for someone is really helping them. Mm-hmm. And taking that question to God is doing this thing really loving this person. And when we have that answer, we can walk forward knowing that we're doing the right thing. That's so good. Well, I want to challenge anyone listening. I'm going to take the challenge myself to engage in a conversation this week, just engage in a conversation with someone that you realize you don't see eye to eye on hundred percent in a way that's loving them, whatever that looks like. Because if we all did that, if we all got in the habit of doing that, whether it's on social media, I wouldn't, I, I would not recommend doing it on a public forum. I feel like that yeah. is because then you'll get all the comments, but whether it's a private message, having a, a, a civil discussion or in person, preferably, or on the phone, heaven forbid, actually speaking voice to voice. Um, <laughs> Anyway, I just, I would love to challenge everyone to do that. Cause that is so good. Such a good, such a good piece of advice. Well, we are, I had so many more questions planned for you, Raina, but we didn't get through all of them. So I guess our listeners will just have to read your book. So <laughs> there's <laughs> like so much idea. good stuff in here. So can you just let us know where listeners can find you online on social media and where they can find your book? Sure. So you can find the book on Amazon, just put in Sintase Good Book and it will pop up. It's got a big dripping apple on it. <laughs> it, it doesn't look like a Christian book by any means, which the, that was intentional. Um, you can also find it on Kindle Unlimited. Right now it is still free. I've been trying to make sure that as many people have access to it as they need. So if you have a book club or something and, and you want to get into it, you could all download it on Kindle Unlimited for free if you have Kindle Unlimited. So um, there are all levels. I think the book itself, uh, if you order the hard copy is like $14.99, but if you don't have $14.99, go to Kindle Unlimited. <laughs> it's there for like, I think it's $3. If you don't have Kindle Unlimited, $3.49 or something. And it's, it's free if you have it. Uh, you can find me on YouTube and Instagram um, at Raina Rose TV. Um, my website is Raina dash or hyphen, whatever you want to call it, rose.com. Um, and I'm on Facebook if you find me there, but I uh, don't always go on the socials. So <laughs> um, if you do want to like actually reach out to me, go on the website, you can write me an email from there um, because especially the first 40 days of the year when you'll probably be listening to this, I gen- I'm actually telling my assistant to log me out and not and change my password and not tell me what it is so that I can't get in for 40 days. That so is she good. may make That's some posts, but good... I won't be looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is a really good strategy. Everyone needs someone to do that for them. Yeah, like change my password and don't tell me for 40 days. That's so funny. Well, how can we pray for you today? And I'll close in prayer. Yeah. So actually, wow, God has been doing the blessing me exceedingly abundantly above and beyond all I can hope or imagine the the blessings um so much blessing there isn't room enough to store uh been opening up opportunities in music and media and all these different areas all at once and um so I'm just praying for that expanded capacity to because I believe he's actually calling me to do all of this all at once so the wisdom to know if if that's that he's going to do it all, all at once. And if he is that expanded capacity to be able to do all things through, he strengthens me. All right. Well, we will do that for you, Raina. Thank you so much for being here and just for sharing just 
not even, I'm thinking not even one message, just all of these really just like nuggets of wisdom that, that you shared with us today. And I just, I can't wait for our listeners to get to read your book and learn even more because it is, it's packed with a lot of wisdom and a lot of good stuff. So thank you. All right. I'm going to close us up in prayer now. Lord, we just thank you so much for this opportunity to just listen to Raina's um, just message, the things that you've placed on her heart um, through this book. And we just ask God that you would give her um, just everything that she needs for the weeks and months ahead for, for the new year for 2022. We just pray for the wisdom that only you can give that, that transcends earthly wisdom to know exactly what you are calling her to, that all of the other voices that are calling to her would be silent and that she would just have amazing clarity and vision and wisdom to know exactly the things that, that she is being called to do. And it sounds like there are a lot of them and it's exciting because if, if all of them are things that she's called to, we know that, that, that she's not going to feel equipped without you. And, and that's right where we need to be is just right. Knowing that our, your power is made perfect in our weakness. And that if we don't have the time or the bandwidth or the skills or the knowledge to do the things you're calling us to, um, when you are calling us to them, we know that you will be glorified all the more. So I just thank you. We just thank you for all of these opportunities. We pray that you would, where you have called her to each thing that you would equip her, um, and just be glorified in all of the things that, that she's walking in. We pray that you would just pour out your blessing on her and her family. We pray that this book would just, you'd open doors for this book to reach many, many women and for her Amazon TV show to get out to even more women and, um, and just speak your truth and, and that you would be glorified in it in Jesus name. Amen. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Praying Christian Women podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so please leave us a comment to let us know what questions or topics we can address in future shows. Then hop over to prayingchristianwomen.com slash journal to download your free prayer guide. We're so glad you joined us for today's show, and we wish you God's deepest blessings as you draw closer to Him and change the world one prayer at a time.